0: Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Loretta McNary Show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, oh, 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 oh,
0: Listen for me too Oh baby,
1: oh baby. Sugar is
0: sweet,
1: but not like you. Rain drops all no, around. No, no. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning. Welcome in to Loretta McNary Live, the radio show. Let me tell you, I'm so excited. I know you just hit every show that I've ever done, and I say the same thing. That's because I only have exciting shows, so I'm validated, right? (laughs) At least in my own mind. But I'm just really excited about our show today. And I've talked to Pastor Hawkins, and we had, you know, a couple of minutes free show. But I just want to tell you, um, as I was listening to my intro, and somebody asked me that too. They said, Loretta, when you do shows like, you know, spiritual shows or whatever – do you feel like you shouldn't play that opening? And you know what? That's a really good question, but I feel like there's somebody else, you know, they're trying to project their own insecurities on me. I love this, I love that song. <laughs> I love, love, love. And it's just a vibe, you know, for the show. So, no, I don't feel bad when I play that song and I'm talking about spiritual things because it's, it's not a satanic song. It's not... You know, it's just crazy that I was asked that question. But I can understand people, you know, because sometimes you're at this holier-than-thou, heaven-bound, but not earthly good, as they say. So I understand. We're all at different levels of deliverance. So, but don't project your stuff on me, because I'm cool with it. I'm so cool with, you know, my opening for any topic that I cover. So having said all that, I know you guys have Googled him, and you know, when you saw that I was having Pastor Rick Hawkins on, but... That's cool. And as you know, that Google only tells you one side of the story. And I'm not really into people's personal lives. Like, even when I interviewed Denzel Washington, I wasn't into his personal life. I was into, you know, the man, his message. I wasn't even into, you know, the number of accolades that he gets, his Academy Awards and all that stuff. I really wanted to know... If you ever felt like quitting, I really want to know how is it that you're so inspiring to everybody else? What do you do to, you know, help yourself and to get away? So that's kind of my format of who I am. I want it that inspires other people. So everybody bring on this man. Oh my goodness. <laughs> how he withstood it all and how he is still his testament to what we read every day in the scripture. Everybody welcome Bishop Rick Hawkins. Hi there.
0: Thank you so much, Loretta. It's good to be with you today and, and of course, all the listeners. I just speak uh, success to all that they are involved in and your greatest days are in front of you and not behind you.
1: Woo, amen, amen, and I totally, totally received that word, man of God. So I read your book, and I was telling you, I have given myself like a week to 10 days to finish the book because, you know, you just can't sit down and read a book no matter how good it is sometimes, but I actually finished your book in one reading, one sitting. (sighs) Yes, I want people to know the name of his book is The Wall, you know, it's called The Wall, and it meant, just the title intrigued me.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I tell all, you know, the book is selling like crazy. I'm excited about it. It's climbing the charts for Amazon and Barnes and & Noble at an incredible rate of speed. But I tell everyone, do not do not pick the book up and start reading at midnight or 11 o'clock at night because you're going to be up till 2.30 in the morning trying to get it finished. <laughs> and we're just, it's, it's just receiving great reviews. And thank you so much for having me on your show and also reading the book. And I pray it was a blessing to you.
1: It really was. what so, let, let's talk. Let's tell me why did you write the book? Because you know, you and even you talk about how it took seven years to kind of you know give back to where you felt comfortable in your career and with your walk with God. So, you know, it was like a seven year journey that you talk about in this book. So, you could have easily, you know, because the noise had quieted, you know, everybody had gone on, and you know, you were hot in the press. but you know, if you could just stand those fifteen minutes of whatever it was. It would be somebody else because this is the way the world just keeps rocking and people, you know, business keeps getting out there. And so you went ahead and just almost like resurfaced stuff because, you know, when people hear your name, they're going to Google you and they're going to find out. But I'm glad that you did. So tell me what was your mindset for writing this book at this time or releasing it at this time?
0: Well, timing was everything to me, and I knew it would be a process of time before we could get the completed project done. In all actuality, the book was written probably, uh, well, I can tell you, the first first edit was done in 2008. We re-edited that book five times, and the original transcripts of that book were actually trashed because as we processed through the purpose of God in my life over a seven-year period, the landscape kept changing. And I did not want to put something out premature that really didn't represent the full restorative processing of God as far as I'm concerned as a man of God. So it was interesting that it was the seven-year mark because, of course, seven is the number of completion and seven is the number of perfection. And so it, it was just kind of prophetically ironic that it came out in the seventh year. But there was no way... I was going to release it in a premature mode because I just felt like it would not be as effective and certainly not as efficient as it would be until this process was complete, meaning I have arrived at a place now of complete wholeness, no fra- no fragmentations, no segregations in my spirit, you know, as far as uh, the do's and don'ts of what happened and transpired. So as a whole person living in complete integer or maturity, I felt like okay, the timing now is perfect, and it was. And it was. When we released it, it, I could just feel the portal drop out of eternity into time, and God said, "Let it go." And so it's been—it's been a wonderful blessing.
1: Okay, because when we were writing the description for the show. Um, so funny that Beth and I both arrived at the same conclusion. We would say that this show is for everyone, but especially those – first, all, we wanted to say this show is not for perfect people. And <laughs> But I wanted <laughs> everybody to listen. So, yeah, it's, it's not. You know, if you're already perfect, you're, you've are you never gone through anything, you just live, you know, with the rose-tailed glasses, which I've never met a person that – I've met people who um, pretend that's the case but if you've ever word, read the word then God uses people like us, like me, who exactly. are I'm not perfect yeah. but I strive for perfection and Jesus because of his um sacrifice I'm perfect in that. But so right. I just say this shows for anybody but especially those who have, you know, hit the wall or knows that or needs to be reminded that God is a god of second chances and sometimes third and fourth. So that's how we ended up saying it. So who do you say needs the book?
0: Well, I would say, you know, again, everyone, the book's going to help anyone, male or female, that reads it, Uh, especially people who would uh, deem themselves as leaders or define themselves as forerunners or those who have reached a level of success or, or a status in society that would call them successful and have hit a season or a term or even a duration in life that really shattered everything that they had projected out there as an image. And, um, it will, it will help you understand how it happened. It will help you to understand how to recover after it happens. And so that the book is written for those kind of people. I was at the pinnacle of my success when my world fell apart. And, um, and I know there are hundreds of people that can identify with that, whatever level that may be. It will resonate with them immediately. Oh,
1: definitely. I, I totally agree with that. And it's so amazing that I was when I was looking at the book and preparing this morning, I there were so many things that resonated with me in the book. However, I did not start highlighting. One, I just didn't want to start reading the book to find my highlighter. And two, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure why, but I only started, um, you know, highlighting at certain points. And I don't know if that's because I, I could really relate to it. But one thing is like on page 25, and you were talking about the crash and how even before it became public, you had already felt the wall or the impact of what would happen prior to that. Because I guess once you let down, your, you feel as if you let down those closest to you. What other people right. say and do and think are not, is not nearly as important as the people that you love. Right. And so when you compare yourself to David or saying that possibly this is what David was feeling when he wrote in Psalm 51, grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. And <clears throat> that is so, it's like almost not totally identical, but the pain of what your decision's cause is probably is. So I can see why you would say that. But i like to hear your feedback on that one.
0: Well, you know, when David said, grant me a willing spirit to sustain me, that, that's a powerful part of Psalm 51, which is the restoring prayer that he prayed after his fall. And that sustaining is so important because, in essence, it's saying, God, keep me. And while I'm in this suspended mode, just keep me until my desire kicks back in and I can you know, fully activate my destiny and purpose in the earth. And you you talked about the crash uh, in the preface of that particular statement you just made and how I almost anticipated it. Here's what most realize, other than those that have been through it themselves, is that really when it comes out in the media or it comes out anywhere, you've already lived it. You know, it's already happened. So uh, for me, it had already happened before the explosion on Google and news and all of that stuff. It had already transpired. But then when you see the collateral damage of publicity, that is a, it's like that's the second bomb that is dropped, and you think you're ready for it and you're really not. So the crash is, is that initial impact, but the devastation is a whole different load of details that you have to go through and deal with. And so, you know, if you do not have a sustained spirit by the hand of God, through the heart of God, then in, that, then in that sphere of suspension, you're going to become so disoriented, you're going, to, you're going to feel like you don't even have a destiny, much less the call of God on your life. And mm-hmm. so I can totally identify with David in that, and, um, and, and that was my prayer. You know, I prayed, God, just, just sustain me until I can catch traction again in my purpose.
1: Wow, that is beautiful. And as you were talking, um, it can't. You know, back in the, when this happened like seven years ago, we weren't really talking about crisis management, and, and you know, we had never talked about Jackie Smith or Olivia Pope. So I'm wondering now, did you have like an Olivia Pope, somebody that you could say other than God? Because you know, God is the ultimate fixer. He is the only mm-hmm. real fixer. But other people have you know gifts too, um, on a smaller schedule. So did you have, like, a crisis management person that, or you just walked this thing through and could and got better at it? It was like trial and error. Did you have a crisis management team?
0: Well, let me say it like this. My, my impact was so, was so uh, devastating that anybody that was on the ride with me, it knocked them completely off. But here's the grace of God. There are people that stayed with me as friends and cohorts, you know, that walked as paracletes, the the person that stands beside you, and they were encouragers. But as far as crisis management, it was very interesting that when I hit the wall and everything began to turn to debris, people started walking into my life that I had never met before. For example, the the overseer for uh, the Church of God International, which was you know, out of Indiana. He, he showed up in my life. Um, Paula White showed up in my life. Dick Bernal showed up in my life to be my friends and to really speak into that situation. And for those people, I'm very grateful because before my crisis, I never knew them. When Dick Bernal showed up at my ranch, uh, you know, about eight years ago, right in the middle of all of this, uh, I had never shaken his, I'd never met the man. And after we talked for four hours on on my porch, he was supposed to leave to go back to California. He ended up staying with me for five days in my house and just spoke into my life. And that was our initial connection. And so he is a lifelong, he has been a crisis manager for me and telling me how to navigate through so many different things, you know. And I thank God for him. He's been in ministry over 40 years and his church is out in San Jose. So, yes, there were people that helped me. But the, but the interesting thing is they showed up in the – God sent them to me right in the middle of that crisis. When they should have been backing up, they were coming in. And for that, I'm ever so grateful.
1: Oh, that is so beautiful. And, and I like how um, it was in your book when you, said, when you met um, Dick Brunel, and he said, I'm here to be your friend for life. I literally – my eyes were teary. Because that, I mean, wouldn't we all, if we were in any kind of position like that where well, we felt our life just upside down because um, not many people know this about me, but a few close people know that in 1999, my dad passed from a horrific accident in February. Oh, I'm and sorry. then July 99, my firstborn son died from a seizure. So I, I'm thinking wow. if I could have, but see, I'm one of those people, and it's my I'm a great giver. But I haven't figured out that other part of giving is receiving and how to do that graciously. So I didn't I didn't allow people to really help me but I can feel now that if I had had somebody like this, Loretta, well, I'm here to be your friend and to walk this part with you for life. I'm like, right. wow, I probably would have crashed and burned. I probably would have been I wouldn't have been strong enough. So I'm one of those people I almost have to do stuff by myself but I'm also, um, God's dealing with me on receiving, you know, receiving, receiving and asking. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I can only imagine You're that is definitely <laughs> <laughs> God-ordained thing is he just has to send somebody because he knows that I'm not going to have, you know, the sense or the humility, I guess that's, that's a word for it, to ask people to help me, and especially somebody that I don't know, that I can trust, that who's gone before me, and I know He's he, they're sent by God and they will really cover me. So I really, really, really love that God sent, even at your lowest point when you didn't think, I mean, I don't, I can't project and say what you didn't think, but I can only imagine you didn't think that people would come and help you since people were, you know, running away like there was a, a fire in the house, which right. I guess for some right. people and you it was. But that was just so lovingly how our God covers us. He sends us, even without us even knowing what we need, he sends us what we need.
0: Yeah, it, it was incredible. And he didn't just send anyone, but for me in particular, he sent his elite I mean, he sent the best of the best and these, and, yeah, and that's still how you today know
1: God, yeah
0: yeah, you know only, only God <laughs> could do that. and so <laughs> even, even today, you know, Pastor Dick, he will text or call me every single day, and this is now what eight years later, and he still calls me or texts me every day uh, just for a little conversation. and so yeah, I, I'm grateful, I'm very grateful.
1: Oh my goodness! And then my okay. This is where I started deciding. It may be a little before this, but by chapter three, I I said I gotta start. You know, ear you know, dog earing my pages and highlighting and underlining stuff. <laughs> but on chapter three, who built this wall? When you quoted um, Jamie Buckingham wrote a book in 1980, which uh, you said I'm currently reading for a third time, and the part that right. you shared. If I could have said this, I would have said something like this because I feel that way. I was like, I don't know anybody else who started a talk show independently and became national and international syndicated, but God has put that in my spirit. And so when you says and this is a quote from the book, when I realized most of my problems, maybe all of my problems were self-inflicted, I wonder if all this fire has been necessary. Probably not. I look at others around me, those who have served God without the rebellious spirit, which seems to be so much a part of my makeup, and see they have passed through the fire at a very low temperature and intensity. Without much pain or suffering, they have come to a beautiful, simple yet valid understanding. Others of us, with this band in us, must pass through the valley of the shadow of death before we can say with certainty, my head is anointed.
0: Mm. See when you read it to me, right now I just got chills, girl. Listen, the the press of God's in his car right now. But let me say to you, when I read that in that book, the impact of that phrase, that paragraph from "Where Eagles Soar" by Jamie Buckingham, it was it was like, wow, that's that's me. It was, yeah, it, descri- it described me to a T. Because I wasn't that guy that got saved, you know, at five years old and was preaching by the time he was seven, you know. That wasn't me. I wasn't raised in church. And so I didn't even start going to church until I was 15. So I was well, you know, ingrained with uh, drug paraphernalia and just a real party life even at 15 years old coming from Louisiana. And, you know, I... That was so, so when I got saved, I knew I experienced the grace of God, but it wasn't like everyone, t- they they had given me this picture that once you pray this prayer, everything is going to change, so you're going to just, you know, and it did it did change inwardly, but the propensities just did not stop, and the inclinations and the bends did not, and I had to deal with that, and now, you know, it, it, it's all tempered, and it's all self-controlled, and, and all of those things, but I want to speak to those people out there that are listening right now that have to deal with those bends. Every palm, There's not one straight palm tree. Palm tree has a bend in it. and it is, When Jesus rode into Jerusalem, it was the young men, and really it was adolescent boys, according to the Greek terminology, that were saying, Hosanna to the son of David, and they were waving palm branches. And it's so symbolic of, you know what, all of us have a bend in us, some more severe than others and um so that that's the the whole the whole um analogy just blew me away when i read that
1: <laughs> it is simply beautiful and i mean i have tears in my heart just you know rereading it um just now myself and i hope if nothing else people get that that Because we always want to compare our faith and our walk with God. Like if you had a praying grandmother, you feel like that's the level of Christianity that you want to reach. But your story is going to be different. You can still have a strong relationship with God, very, very strong and very, very personal and intimate, without trying to mimic grandmother's relationship with God. And I think a lot of times people get sidetracked, and I did the same. Until my 1999 year, I just was a surface oh, praise the Lord, he is so good, God is good, and all the time God is good. You know how we just quote everything, and and it was just mimicking. But after I went through, and I totally, and I tell people, I grew up in a church. I remember sitting in church like at the age of four or five, so I've always known Jesus. I've always believed in God and known him.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But when I was challenged, and I had other challenges prior to 1999, but that just ripped my core, that just the curtain just fell. I just didn't even want mm-hmm. to hear about God. When my pastor came out, I remember telling him, don't talk to me about Jesus. I mean, I remember sitting there and seeing, I mean, it was like an out-of-body experience because there was no way I could have survived if I hadn't just left my own body. And I remember hovering over myself and feeling that pain so deeply that I didn't want to have anything to do with, with God and with Jesus and not caring of any you know, any backlash wow. from that. And my pastor didn't know because he knew I loved God. I'm a Jesus girl, as one of my friends says. And so, right. but after three days, it was just too unbearable. I said, God, if you you at no other point in my life have to be the God that I've know, I've read about, the God that, you know, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, because I'm not going to make it. And sure enough, as soon as I prayed that prayer and I asked him to come in, he came in and just took a lot of that pain he didn't take all of it because wow. I, I wanted to hold on. I felt still. I needed to hold on to some pain for a long time. I felt like I couldn't. I couldn't be happy. I couldn't. And I'm a mother of five, including Brandon. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, this is not about me, but I just wanted to let you know. I understand that what Jamie Buckingham was saying because I felt like right. I'm just bad. I'm bad because I remember voicing out of my mouth. I don't want to hear about him. And now here I am. He's gifted me and given me a vision and purpose. Um, to help build a kingdom through radio and TV. So he's an amazing God. And we have somebody Be who's been holding. I don't know if they're just holding to listen. So what I want to do is just take a phone call and yeah. call her. I'm coming to you at one ten, Eriko, and the prefix is 849. If you don't want to comment or question or anything like that, just say, I'm just listening, because I, I'm not sure if you want, you're you just listening or you want to make a comment. And if you do, I want to give you that opportunity. So we're going to the phone lines, area code two one zero eight four nine. 849 Hi, caller. Welcome into Loretta McNary Live. Are you just listening or you have a comment? Because it sounds like they walked away from the phone. Okay, we're going to put them back on mute. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> people listen how they want to listen. I do that too. I'm just gonna, I'm going to keep doing stuff. Okay, so this is where I started um, highlighting. Pastor Hawk is when I decided I wasn't too lazy to get up and get a highlight, and I I, I, I take a minute from from right. the um, fr- take a minute from the from the book. And oh, this passage I said I want to end the show with. Okay, it is so much. If you saw this book, you'd thought it just went through a highlighter machine. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome.
0: That is. Awesome. I love it. Well, let me just say this while you're finding that spot. Yeah. Um, the pain you endured and and the pain you suffered. I always say say this to people. I I really don't want to hear anyone. And I'm and I'm not condescending or arrogant or overconfident in any way, form or fashion. But I want. I don't want to just hear. Superman. I want, to, I want to see Clark Kent, if that makes sense yeah. to you. Mm-hmm. I, don't to just, I don't want to just hear from people that, that have never revealed to us their pain and struggles. I would rather hear from someone because I feel like their suffering validates their voice. You know, what they've been through gives mm-hmm. them the endorsement now to speak with confidence to other people who are going through similar situations. So I admire the fact that you went through the loss that you have gone through, especially in those few years. And the resiliency of your character and the anointing of God on your life has caused you to bounce back at significant levels. And, and, you know, I just speak the very best to you, and and I admire you for your tenacity. Mm
1: -hmm. That is so awesome. I appreciate that. I I totally do. And, so, okay, this is one. This is not like the first one, but this is one. It's on page 83. And you, you wrote, a person who hits the wall experiences loss on both the natural and spiritual levels. It's scientific and natural that hitting the wall inevitably results in a realignment real of relationships. It has to. It's a personal perfect storm for change. The spheres are in commotion, the elements in harmony. This realignment also has a spiritual impact. I have never once witnessed the contrary. Whew, that's good
0: stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it and it is because it when you hit the wall. First of all, the land, as we already uh, rehearsed, the tip of of your life and concerning relationships is going to change. It's going it, that dynamic is going to force change. So you got to be ready to embrace the new. Then, secondly, on the spiritual side, it does shift your paradigm and your perspective of not only yourself but of God. And I believe the God we serve is multifaceted in his nature. Anyone that says they have God figured out has become a God to themselves because you cannot cannot determine or define God as being this particular thing. All we know is this, that God is defined as love. God is love. So how does love express itself? In many multifaceted ways. And so God to me is like a diamond. You know, when you turn him in light, you see different manifestations of his character, of his love, of his expressions toward you. And so when you hit the wall, it is going to shift how you. S- I see God now much differently than I did before I hit the wall. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I would say a broadened uh, spectrum of how big God really is.
1: Yeah, and I think that goes back to what I was saying about how we want to compare our relationships and you know with God, and we want it to look like this. And you, there, I haven't seen any two because God doesn't duplicate. So right, we have to understand that it's it's about a personal relationship. And you talked about um, how God can bless or get the glory out of your mess and your mess up. So you said that question yes. remained.
0: Right. You know, and, and I believe and he does. He Yes, he does. Ezekiel said, now I sit where they sit. There are some people you cannot speak to, and God will not get certain dimensions of glory out of your life until you've been through something that accents your story. For example, there are people that I could never minister to uh, that have been divorced until I went through divorce myself. And I'm, of course, not an advocate of divorce, I'm not, but I'm also not an opponent of those who have been divorced. So until I went through what I went through, there are certain people I could never reach, but they can hear me now because they can identify with my what I, my suffering and my separations and all of those things. So God gets glory from that. Um, you know, it's it's interesting when, when the man born blind in the book of John, everyone wanted to know who sent him or his parents, and Jesus said this happened, that the Father would receive glory. So I just believe that if you will just... If we will avail ourselves to the grace of God, anything we go through in life,
1: glory from it. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. And, oh, my goodness, we only have like a minute <laughs> a minute left in our conversation. Um, so I wanted you to go, it was another question. Let's tell people where they can find the book. Let's definitely do that. Well,
0: first of all, you can go, you can go to RickHawkins.org. Uh, preferably, you know, and, and you can order the book there, and you'll have it within two or three days. Um, the second place would be, of course, Amazon.com or Barnes and & Nobles, and it is available for the Nook, for Kindle Fire, for all of those things. So RickHawkins.org is the preferable place. If you go there, uh, you can order the book. It is ready available for you.
1: Awesome, awesome, awesome. And that's an easy-to-find website. And and trust me, you're going to want to get the book. You you. You don't have to have gone through the same experiences as, as the author, and especially this author, but there have been times in our life when we probably, I want to say everybody's life, you, if you haven't, then it will come, because that's how I think God draws us closer to him, and our relationship becomes not only superficial, but just super necessary. So uh, right. for, uh, for God to get us to where he wants us to be, he has to do some things, so our story, like you said, is more relevant, and um, it okay. destroys some of the stuff that we we like about us, but doesn't necessarily fit into where God has taken us. So without having said all that, and this is at the end of the book, like past 83, that's when I start highlighting forever in this book because I love it. But I want right. to tell people, right. you can find um, Pastor Hawkins at his website, com, and I'm telling you, you're going to want to get Rick, this book.
0: It's rickhawkins.org, it. I'm sorry. .org. .org, my,
1: my apology. Yeah. Yes, dot .org. Oh. <laughs> so. Yeah. You, again, quoted Jamie Buckingham, and this is how I want to, um, you know, end the show on this. And thank you so much, Pastor Hawkins and everybody for listening. I'll do my little spiel before we cut off. But it says, perfection still eludes me. I'm still vulnerable. But most important, I am no longer satisfied with my imperfections, nor, thank God, am I intimidated by it. I have reached a point of recognizing that God uses imperfect." immoral dishonest people in fact that is all there are these days all the holy men seem to have gone off and died as always everybody think positive dream big dreams help other people along the way and we'll see you very soon on the radio bye-bye everybody